Hey, what's up, everyone? The boys of Last Podcast on the left here. Hello. Yeah, yeah. Want to tell you about our new special. We filmed it in Chicago. It was an unbelievable experience, and you can enjoy it as well. Go to www.lastpodcastlive.com. Don't forget to put the www in because you have to put the www. We're going in the way way back machine all the way to 2001. (laughs) It's a technological glitch that we're trying to get tech support for, but still, just put in the www. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast on the left. That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? I want to amend the fact that I think I said last episode that I don't trust men with big legs and big big butts. (laughs) Did you say Um, that? (laughs) I want to clarify that only holds to men. Well, but you just so you didn't you didn't you didn't change what you said. You just doubled down on what you said. Yes, but that's important. I ain't no flip flopper. The one thing you know about me, Kissel, is I ain't no flip flopper. Uh-huh. Right? I am I'm held firmly to the ground by my weight. Well, you know, sometimes when it comes to flip flopping, it could also be construed as like changing for the better. <laughs> but I, I guess that's not going to happen. No, man, big the guys with big legs. You can't trust them. That always holds. I don't know. No, it doesn't always hold. But women with big legs will be there to comfort you with their laps. <laughs> yes, they could also kill you in, in a matter of seconds. That's Please. Fine. All right. This Please. Is the, this is the last podcast on the left. I am Ben Kissel, and that's Marcus Parks. Hi, Ben. How's your brain, Marcus? Brain's doing good. How's the book coming? Book's coming great. Just finished another Pump. chapter. Awesome. Yeah. Pump it out, Marcus. Give me work. that work. Give me that work. I want to give a shout out to some fans that give well, me- Well, I have uh, to introduce uh, you, Henry, our guest for- or what is this episode 340? Uh, 346, I think. Our, our regular guest of episode 345 episodes in, uh, Henry Zabrowski. I would. I want a stipend to be a guest. There's a big. There's the people are. There's a big issue in Los Angeles about podcast guests not getting paid, uh-huh. and I think it's only fair that I get paid. Sure, sure. I, I want to give a shout out to uh, a couple of fans from uh, Stabmonton, <laughs> which is Edmonton's also been known as, apparently. Really? Um, well, Deadmonton is much better than Stabmonton. <laughs> Deadmonton is no. much better than Stabmonton. You can't just I put Stab know. in front of anything. You could just, like, Stab Man Town is how you could start doing that, but that requires a lot of edibles. <laughs> you, you have to be on s- about 15 milligrams of edibles to work your way to that title. Um, but I want to give a shout-out to some of the, the death metal that was sent my way. Okay. A band named Begrime Eximius that is from Stabminton. Nice. Um, it's pretty fucking killer. Okay. And also, Idolatry, which is some black metal from Stabminton, which is, uh, honestly, it's it's pretty groovy. All so right. thank you for that. So not not everything is bad in Edmonton. I also no. heard they've got a great um, big old-fashioned video store called The Lobby. I, I love it. <laughs> no, there's a lot of great things in Edmonton. Of course. Uh, I think there's a CFL team out there. It's uh, the biggest mall in North America's out there. I am we know this. pretty <laughs> upset about that. But that has been – I got many emails saying that, yes, indeed, it is the biggest mall, but <laughs> – Minneapolis just needs to build a casino <laughs> in the mall or out just outside connected to the mall, and then they win again. Yeah. All right. Well, why are we talking about Canada? You know why. We're on to part two of this fella. Though, again, second biggest D-bag other than BTK, mm-hmm. Mark Twitchell. So after the attempted murder of Gilles Tetro, Twitchell was understandably a little bit jumpy. 
But after nothing happened, no police, no phone calls, no searches, he figured that he was clear to try again. Mm -mm. That's not the message that should have been received. Nope. (laughs) You got away with one. Stop now. So only six days after the attempted murder, Twitchell created another Plenty of Fish account, this one named Jen, and waited. Okay. And I'm going to say, I've seen pictures from this account. I mean, Sheena at least didn't have a cross eye. <laughs> well, but- Jen kind of had a cross eye. Not to, like, be- bemoan whoever the real Jen was. I got a... N- nothing wrong with the cross eye. Nothing wrong with no eyes. Nothing mm. wrong with uh, whale eyes. When they go to the side <laughs> there, that's just fine. But That's m- a sign of a fetal alcohol syndrome, <laughs> well, though, which that, is difficult. That's not... Well, I'm not going to blame the victim. I, uh, there was a girl that had fetal alcohol syndrome in my high school, mm-hmm. and we sat together in home ec, and she was very, very sweet. <laughs> um, and I loved her, and she helped me. Just, she helped me out. Just you just being like, so you're like a baby that comes from beer? (laughs) No, no, that's horrible. But I will say for Twitchell, so he was, he's like, he wants to go for someone attainable Mm -hmm. and he knows who he's Mm -hmm. looking for. All right. Well, dozens of men responded to the Jen profile, but the one Mark Twitchell chose was another super nice dude named Johnny Altinger, who's just a 38 year old dude who worked as an oil field pipeline inspector. Hmm. Now, unlike Gilles, who had told nobody where he was going that night, Johnny told his friend Willie exactly where he was going for his date. Because, you know, it was those stupid directions, the whole, like, go around to the back alley, find the overgrown garage, walk through the door, walk through the garage to get to the back door. Right. Now, the the one problem with telling your friend Willie, you know, really crucial information is when he shouts that information out in the town hall, no one's going to pay attention because he's no old one. stoned drunk Willie. You gotta go three clicks down the street and see the third garbage can and you gotta find a half open garage and it's not that one, it's the third half open garage. Okay, Willie. But the, the truth is, is to remember again from last episode, Twitchell had done that weird, like, kind of cute girl lilt in the description of the directions. Mm-hmm. So it, he kind of was thrown off. And uh, I mean, Willie, to his credit, immediately was like, oh, that's kind of that's kind of roundabout. Yeah. Isn't yeah, it? No like, and, and Johnny's just like just desperate for love. Oh. He was very much so desperate for connection. That's the saddest thing about this whole story. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's uh, Mark Twitchell. He's, he's another uh, serial killer. I mean, he's no different than the rest of them. He's just another serial killer that goes after an extremely vulnerable section of the population mm. because he's fucking weak. Right. And so the thing is about Willie's that Willie's like, this sounds kind of off. Why don't you send me the exact directions? Okay. Like, why don't you email them to me so I know exactly where you're going no honestly because how hard is it to tell your friend right he's your friend you love johnny uh, but no woman he has approached to maybe in the last couple years has been immediately like yeah come over tonight yeah and unfortunately you have to tell your friend like hey listen let's maybe set our expectations like yeah a little bit lower like i love you i think you're worthy of love right but, um I think she's going to fucking kill you. Maybe. I think she's a mind baby. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's never too late for a Mike Myers impression. (laughs) Woo! 2019 coming in like a torpedo. (laughs) 
never gets old. I could also see in an alternate universe if uh, this dude shows up to the house and then Willie's having sex with her. <laughs> you know, why do you want all the directions? As someone who's been around I, the block, I'd be like, do you need all the directions to the woman that I would like to meet today? Interesting. Why would you need that, sir? What time do you plan to be there? <laughs> I get there around 8. Okay, cool. I get out of the gym at 6.45, so I shouldn't have been saying this out loud. <laughs> now, had Willie not been worried about his friend that night, much to Willie's credit, there's no telling how many times Twitchell would have been able to pull off this dumb shit scheme. <sighs> but even though those directions would be Mark's undoing, it was not enough to save Johnny Altinger. So on that night, Twitchell was waiting in the garage for Johnny to show up because he'd learned his lesson from the Stombaton, and now he figured that the best course of action was just fucking hit the dude in the head with a pipe as soon as he walked in. All right, wasn't gonna do. I, it wasn't gonna do the hockey mask. wasn't gonna do any of that shit. Just bam, hit him in the head, and then get to work. Okay, it's unfortunate that he learned that that fast because right. that this truth is that it's really the hesitation is what allows you to make the mistakes, right. which is what he made in the first time. I thought it was really interesting to learn how a stun baton really worked yeah. i didn't know that that's how it worked that you basically it's a long term like eventually you just turn into spaghetti mm -hmm. right. i thought it just fucking like like because that's what's fun that's a taser yeah uh, and now he's going the old clue route yeah he's going with the pipe <laughs> yeah. okay and he was already keyed up because he'd had a hot movie date with his old college girlfriend earlier that day Ugh. spending the afternoon making out in the back row of the movie theater during a show in a quarantine God. <laughs> Quarantine, not the best remake. Just watch. I think it's Wreck. Wreck. Yeah, Wreck. Just wreck. watch yeah. Wreck. Wreck is actually wreck one of my is... favorite horror movies. No need to watch Wreck. Wreck is sweet. And Wreck 3 is one of the more gonzo trilogy, that, like one of the gonzo third of a trilogy I've seen in a long time, but it's pretty damn good. Cool. I also remember the time that I was I stopped my high school girlfriend from making out with me during Unbreakable because the movie was too important. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you've got glass coming out. But on that night, Johnny showed up 30 minutes early, way before Twitchell was ready, ready. Because, you know, oh. he had to be ready, ready before he could really do what he wanted to do. Okay. This guy. So Johnny walked into the dark garage and he called out hello. And all Twitchell could think to do was just say hello back. And he turned on the lights. I mean, he's he did this improv movie. He obviously has improv training. Yes, and. <laughs> I guess. And so Mark, he told Johnny that he was a filmmaker and that all this shit that he saw around him was just a set. It's a garage. Yeah. But it was still set to it was he had all the walls covered in plastic because it was his Dexter kill room. Remember? Oh, okay, yeah, sure. And he had a fucking chair there with handcuffs that were going to be. He was going to attach him to the chair. He had fucking rope. He had an open set of weapons. Like he had a whole torture area set up for him to be able to play his macabre games. Oh, Can you okay. imagine if Ed Gein pulled the same shit <laughs> when they walked into the house and like knocked into the body? He's like. Oh, this is a a film set. Ah. <laughs> oh my goodness! By the way, the Ed Gein chapter in the book coming out. Uh, well, when will the book be out? Uh, February twenty twenty. Look, looks like February February twenty twenty. The Ed Gein chapter is gonna send chills down your spine because I always forget how much art he was creating. <laughs> 
So when Johnny walked in and Mark Twitchell introduced himself as a filmmaker, Twitchell, by his own admission in SK Confessions, he couldn't help himself. He started bragging. <sighs> this is what Mark Twitchell wrote that he said to Johnny Altinger. You might have heard of my stuff. I'm the guy who put together the comedy feature at our local film festival. <laughs> That's me. I'm that guy. <laughs> oh my god. Day players. Of course. Remember? Johnny fucking hadn't heard of no, day of players. Not. No one's heard <laughs> of day players. I will tell you, talk about a true show business professional. Twitchell would have made it in Los Angeles because I receive fucking resumes and demos from Uber drivers every other ride. Yeah. yeah That's well. what you have to do. You got to throw it down, man. You got to throw that on that plug. Yeah, dude. I still hustle the show. Like I still mm -hmm. tell Uber drivers and fucking everybody about the show. It never ends. Well, I told you guys my little trick. If someone talks about or someone asks about it, I'll be like, yeah, you can find it on iTunes. And then I hit the subscribe button for them. <laughs> That's so no scary, one unsubscribes. Kissel. No one unsubscribes. You're too big of a man to just take somebody's phone from their hands. No, I don't take it. I hit it. I no. <laughs> Henry, give me, give me, no, give me, give me I, your I phone. I don't give say it like that. I am Which very charming. Pictures is your family. Oh, Which is this, is this your family? Where you live? Well, I gave. I got us at least five to six subscribers that way. So you're welcome. Well, after Johnny said that, of course I haven't fucking heard of day players. He asked, "Where's Jen?" And Mark said she'd be back any second. So Johnny said, I'll come back later. And so Johnny left, and Twitchell tried coming up with another plan. But before Twitchell could formulate anything, Johnny immediately came right back, like a couple of minutes later. Why? Because he's he's really lonely. Yeah, oh, he's so, so sad. It's he just, comes for this date. I've been in situations like this before where you're uncomfortable, you're wanting it, you're really into what's going on, you don't know how to act, you're a socially awkward dude. Sure. So he just kind of keeps coming back. She, he, he, as Jen, oversold him on her commitment to him. And also... The fucked up thing, too, is that she, as Jen, he's, like, throwing nerd references shit in there. Like, talk about Star Wars, which is just as a, a lonely 38-year-old right. man. And then you show up, and she's not there, and it's all super awkward. So when Johnny came back the second time, Twitchell, he started improvising again. He picked up his phone, and he pretended like he was talking to Jen. <sighs> and then she was just stuck in traffic, and she was going to be a half hour late. Okay. Actually, this is Jen right here. Let me let me actually take this. Jen, Jen, wh wh where are you at? J Johnny's here to see you. Um... <laughs> this is not me covering my mouth. It's not. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's horrible out here. You wouldn't believe the amount of traffic is going on. Yeah, I bet you. I bet you. You should have set the date for later. No, you're excited to sit on Johnny. <laughs> yeah, I'm so wet for Johnny. Oh, I can't my. wait for him to put that spoon in my soup. Okay. And Twitchell, he told Johnny that he was more than welcome to hang around, but Johnny at this point was kind of done with this shit, so he said, no, that's all right, I'm just going to go home. And on his way, he called up his other friend, Dale, and he told him the whole story. He was like, this is really weird, I don't know what the hell happened here, I'm just going to go home. Okay. But then, when Johnny got back home, he wrote a message to the Jin profile asking what was up, what the hell's going on here. <sighs> God. 20 minutes later, he got a response. Jen said the traffic cleared up, she was home, and it was up to Johnny whether or not he wanted to come. And so Johnny, who said 
Didn't want to waste a Friday night. Oh, no. Figured, why not? Let's go try this again. You were out. You were out. Don't go back in. So he got back in his car, and he drove to the garage. Uh, But when he walked back under the door, who else did he see again but Mark Twitchell? Johnny gave him a nod of acknowledgement and said as his last pain-free words in this world, I guess I'm just a glutton for punishment. What the f- What- and that is when Twitchell brought the pipe down on his head. Yeah, dude. Oh, my God. That's yeah. horrible. It's hard. Pe- people go a long way for love. Yeah. It's very difficult when you throw down those weird expectations. And then he sent the follow-up message to Jen thinking like, well, now I'm really going to set the story straight. And then uh, you just, you know, you just tighten the net. Yeah. What year? Now, is this 2011? It's 2008. Uh, eight. I so think. it's 2008. Yeah, like the idea of catfishing wasn't quite so in the mainstream. No, not at all. Mm. Uh, I mean that this sort of thing. I mean, this is not the sort of thing that people thought could actually happen. Because what I think a, what a lot of people thought is uh, these are the sorts of things that women have to watch out for. Right. You know, like women say, you know, always telling women like, don't go off with strange men. You know, right, when you're right. doing online dating. But no one ever told. Men about catfishing. That wasn't really something that was going on right. at that point. That's the, a good people point. Having, people hadn't caught on yet. Uh, so he hmm. thought, yeah, this is weird, but it seemed like he never once thought, ever thought that he was in danger at all. It was about <sighs> fulfilling a fantasy of what the internet was supposed to bring to you. Yeah. Right. It, this is a former view of the internet being this like place of hope, this place of connection. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the utopianist yeah, view. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, and John, no, no, yeah, no, 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 you were wrong. If you get a chance, yeah. read the article from the uh, Internet Utopian who apologizes for his point of view. Yeah, p- apologizes yes. completely. He said, yes. I was wrong. We're not ready. <laughs> <laughs> and Johnny was actually one of those old school Internet Utopianists. Like he was 38 in 2008. He'd been on the Internet since the early 90s. Like for him, this was, you know, a dream come true. This was the promise. <sighs> this uh, is how it was supposed to work. Yeah, this is how it was supposed to be. But since humans are are always going to be the ones behind the internet, it's just going to be an extension of humanity. Right. Now, Johnny, he actually didn't go down easy. He tried fighting back as Twitchell just rained the pipe down on his skull again and again. But all that stopped when Twitchell pulled out a combat knife and shoved it into Johnny's stomach. Ooh. He then finished the job with a stab to the throat. And that's one of the things that you really forget when we talk about this entire story. We've been making fun of Mark Twitchell for an hour, you know, right. and he fucked up the whole uh, murder of Gilles Tetro. It's like you kind of forget that, like, this ends with a knife in a man's throat. Uh, it doesn't end just with a knife in a man's throat. It ends him fucking separating him piece by piece. Yes. Oh, my after, goodness. After he killed him, Twitchell hoisted the body to the table that he'd used in House of Cards and dismembered this poor man with a game processing kit that Twitchell had bought at a hunting store, separated the arms, the legs, and the head from the torso before shoving it all in garbage bags. This guy is, a, as we know, a psychopath. Yeah. And if you want a psycho, if you want examples of uh, psychopathic behavior, uh, listen to this description that he wrote in uh, SK Confessions about his behavior during the dismemberment. Dismembering a human body was a relatively unexciting event, but I had my ways of making it more fun. I sang to myself as I worked, 
talk to myself, reflected on the new tools I would get to make the next one easier. Now, once in a while, I would take a break, check my email, answer a few phone calls, check the status of my eBay page, and have a bag of chips. Ketchup chips. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my but, uh, God. This is, this is a part of where I really kind of almost want to examine, right? Because this is a goofy motherfucker. He's got a big, stupid, waggling ass who can't trust, and he makes terrible movies. And up until this point, he really is just your classic just loser with a dream that he can't seem to attain, who's cheating on his wife, doing all this crooked shit, but also but he seems kind of goofy. This is a part where it's that that is what's interesting about the psychopathic personality. Right. Is the shallowness. Right. That that is really the key is that it goes straight from he's talking flippantly about the movies that he's making and plugging his shit. And then the next moment he is literally gutting a human being. Right. The description that he does in the SK Confessions about how surprised he was that guts are like sausages and then when he pulls them all out like he thought it would be kind of like the gore you see in movies but he was like can you believe it it's like a bunch of bangers and it's the it's the way that he looks at shit with no emotion that is very very scary and you start to realize oh this guy was a ticking time bomb this whole fucking time yeah Mm -hmm. and of course you know it's interesting when you think about the message behind an artist's intentions. Miley Cyrus's bangers. Um, <laughs> it's actually about little hot dogs. And, and that's something that not a lot of people focus on. So I think that's good. So what is what is this called when you think you're the star of your own movie? Like it narcissism. Happens, yeah. It's but you know that it happens. is narcissism. Yeah. I remember there was someone who said something mean to me on Twitter, and then I was like, that was mean. And then they said, Oh, I hope I didn't offend. I want to apologize to all of my fans. And they had like twelve followers. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. What is that mindset? Like, narcissism. I still don't even think of people like that. Straight up narcissism. Okay. And narcissism and psychopathic behavior go hand in hand. Okay. Uh, not all psychopath, not all narcissists are psychopaths, but most psychopaths are narcissists. It is. It's interesting because the internet seems to have allowed like many people to exist in these little bubbles because it is anonymous and because no one ever has to have kind of the words come out of their mouth like checked by someone physically in real life that some I think a lot of people can say whatever they want on the internet because they're not worried about someone who they're saying it to fucking knocking them in the face yeah, there's no in accountability front of them. Yeah, there's no accountability. So these guys are both an example of the, these burgeoning personalities that the internet would then create, which is like now I'm, I think we're going to see. I think for a while we thought that maybe the internet would squash the idea of the heavy hitter and the, of the f- fucking like iconic serial killer. But I think we're just going to get more and more of it. Hmm. Well, after the dismemberment, Twitchell took down the plastic walls, cleaned up the room with ammonia, loaded the dismembered corpse into the trunk of Johnny's own red Mazda, and with great difficulty, because he couldn't drive stick, pulled the red Mazda into the garage. Couldn't what drive a stick? Dweeb. <laughs> couldn't even do it. Every kid should learn how to drive stick. I don't Absolutely. know if I'm just an old person I saying that. I, le- I, I learned how to drive, uh, do a manual. I had a yellow Geo Metro. That was the most fun thing to drive <laughs> of all time. I would love to see you in a yellow <laughs> Geo Metro. I was, I was fucking longer. folded into that thing. Were your feet sticking out of the windows? No, it Did was a little bit like this with your the elbow? largest car I could afford. <laughs> yes, it was a little bit like the tall guy from The Simpsons. I was long 
longer than the car. It was a yellow Geo Metro convertible, and in the um, tape cassette player, an REM tape was stuck. And so it was all just like and it, was, it was. I think it was automatic for the people. So it was just nothing but REM B driving all day. You hammered listening to Man on the Moon, just careening off of curbs. He was like, "That's how you know you're in the middle of the road is when you hit the curb, you know to adjust." Yep, I drove across the entire state of Wisconsin having a little fun. What? Well, this is an, an even bigger example of Mark Churchill's psychopathic behavior, and it tells you that he wasn't lying about the casual nature that uh, he dismembered Johnny Altinger. After he did all that shit, he talked to his m- wife immediately. He was so detached from the entire situation that he was able to formulate a lie on the spot, mm. pulling an excuse from the Dane May from House of Cards, telling his wife that he'd just been at the gym. Ah. But the, she was, he was even wrong about the gym mm-hmm. because he says, oh, I he was at, uh, I'm just leaving the gym. And she's like, the gym closes at nine. I checked my watch hurriedly. It showed 957. It's like, what are you talking about, babe? It closes at 10. The big gym by your place? No, my old gym, babe. I thought you canceled that membership a month ago. I I procrastinated, and I did it a few weeks ago, but I still have a couple of weeks this month that are paid for, so I figured I'd take advantage, so this takes an hour to cross town anyway. This is the conversation he's having. Oh, my God. <laughs> After all this well, shit. Yeah. I'm just going to say, if you're a person in a relationship and... Your whole brain starts to look like a like a risk board. All the flags are going up. <laughs> Just like pay attention. Yeah, pay close attention. But this woman, you know, and he did. This is after he'd already told her. Yeah, I think I'm a sociopath. I don't have any empathy for anybody. Like, and they're in couples therapy. They're trying to make mm. shit work, but you know, it's get it's getting to the end. But if you are, because they got a, a soci- brand new kit. They literally have a oh, brand right. new kit. Involved. I think their daughter so was eight months old. Oh my yes. goodness. It's very, very scary. Remember this. Big, little lies are seeds for big lies. That's right. <laughs> so you've demeaned people with big thighs, big legs, and now little eyes? <laughs> no, no, not eyes. Lies. 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 I think you said little eyes. I'm like, why are we? I have, li- I have little eyes. Well, you might be on something then about big lies. No, but the nice about me is that you never know really what I'm thinking because my eyebrows cover it in little furrows, and I'm like little fucking burning horse holes in my face. <laughs> Then after uh, the conversation, Twitchell, he just went home, and he couldn't wait to tell someone. The day after Canadian Thanksgiving, Mark sent a message to his Dexter buddy, Renee. He wrote, quote, I've had something keeping me busy, but I'm really concerned about telling anyone because of the implications. Suffice it to say, I crossed the line on Friday, and I liked it. Meanwhile, she was just doing fan service. She's just talking to Dexter and being like, when season four coming out? Like, at this point, she's just having a nice time. Meanwhile, he confesses the murder, and she's like, oh, oh, oh. Oh, did he post that? That was in a text message? No, that was, was that a, a Facebook, Facebook message. That was because a Facebook this, message. This woman, Renee, he, after uh, she had followed his Dexter personality on Facebook right. for a while, she messaged him, and then they started talking honestly uh, as each other. Okay. And, you know, and she would, you know, like uh, a lot of people are, she's like, yeah, I have dark fantasies sometimes, you know, sure. like a ton of people do. Yeah. Uh, and she thought that she was talking to somebody who also had, like, kind of a darker mind. She's Not talking to 
talking about getting spanked. Yeah. She's talking about like that shit. Right. She's talking about like like maybe like a rope, like tie a little rope like her wrist to the bed and stuff like that, like light SMM. She's not talking about actual murder. Yeah. Someone else who has a dark mind, Lars von Trier. Yeah. And he's made some phen- phenomenal films. House of Jack Burt is fantastic. <laughs> oh, it is disturbing. <laughs> it's got some it's got some moments. Yeah, yeah. I loved it. Oh, I, I, I like the too. house. Yeah. The, the very end sequence was fucking sweet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. You know. The thing was is that girl wasn't the only one that Mark Twitchell confessed the murders to. Okay. According to SK Confessions, Twitchell also sat down with his infant daughter Ugh. and told her the whole story, writing, quote, The cool thing about a seventh-month-old is that you can openly tell them anything, and they can't rat you out. Mama, Dada, it's like shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? Like just shut the fuck up. You're a piece of you're a piece of shit, Dad. Yeah, yeah. You think so? Yeah, huh? I think you're a yeah? piece of shit. Now. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. Good. Did you see my bumblebee costume? Yeah. I, I won the howler. I won the howler. He starts becoming Canadian. Oh my god! Honestly, I know the seven uh, seven month old doesn't understand anything. No, but there's something so immoral, Extremely. about saying that to yes. a child. I mean, it's just so disgusting. Yeah, I mean, it's just to. To not have that block in your brain that says, like, whoa. This is a kid. Yeah. I don't even like saying fuck in front of infants. (laughs) I know that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I know they can't understand it, but it still makes me feel weird. Yeah, I never take my clothes off in front of a child or anything like that, even though I know that they won't remember what my body looks like. No. But Johnny, his presence was missed almost immediately because neither one of his friends had heard from him since Friday night. And Dale got even more worried when Johnny didn't show up to a planned rendezvous on Sunday. Mm. But Twitchell had planned on all that because this was all a part of his dumb shit game. On October 12th, Twitchell broke into Altinger's apartment and logged on to his Facebook account, onto Johnny Altinger's Facebook account. Mark Zuckerberg is also complicit in all of this. <laughs> yes. From there, Twitchell posted this status. John Altinger is taking off to the Caribbean for a few months. See y'all when I get back. Oh yeah, that dude who checks holes in oil pipes <laughs> is just going to go into the Caribbean for a few months? Is it Caribbean or Caribbean? I think it's all up to the motion of your ocean, buddy. However you want to do it. I am hard for it. <laughs> then, Twitchell changed Johnny's relationship status from single to in a relationship. Oh. After he changed the relationship status, he then posted another status saying, quote, John is taking off to the Caribbean for a few months. See you all when I get back. Wondering why anyone would leave sun and surf to come home to snow and stress. That fucking D-bag. Johnny oh, doesn't talk God. like that. No, John, of course Johnny, Johnny doesn't talk like, like that. very afraid to take a plane tomorrow. <laughs> I wish I didn't have to. No kid. This is a working class dude in Edmonton. Yeah, he's, just, mean, yeah, he's a computer guy. And not That's to it. mention, with a really significant important job yeah and he's very straight laced you know and he plans everything out like he he's very much a planner like all of this is so far so, out of his uh f- realm of normal behavior so twitchell just thought like everyone would be like oh okay okay yeah, yeah. Okay. I, mean, this- I mean can you imagine that honestly though if someone you know like who's a person that you wouldn't expect um like to just show up and re- if Travis walked into the office and was like, hey, guys, I'm going on a helicopter trip tomorrow all over the world with my friend John. <laughs> like, he's like, he's going to take me out of here. He said he's going to pay for everything. So see you later. And you'd be like, 
okay, Travis, uh, cool. Enjoy your fucking three-month vacation. I could see Travis actually doing that, I could though. actually That's see him doing is, that, yeah. But someone more, I, I'm trying to think, I just don't think I have very straight-laced friends. Not really. Turns out. No. Yeah. No. I think all <laughs> no. of my friends Everyone's- at any moment could leave me for multiple months. Everyone's pretty unreliable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, after he did the whole Facebook thing, he then sent out a form email to all of Johnny's friends, and Johnny said it saying that he'd met a wonderful rich woman who'd swept him off his feet, and as uh. such, the two were going to Costa Rica for a vacation. But, hey, but I'll was, just call, I'll call you guys in like a month or so. I'll call was, you when I get back. Don't worry about it. See you later. I thought he was going to the Caribbean. Yeah, Costa Rica. Oh, that is in the... Is it? Thereabouts. Is it? Yeah, they're close. Yeah, I, I'm not a pilot. I don't know. Uh, you could go from Puerto Rico to Costa Rica. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, Costa Rica's in South America. Yeah, near. Right? I don't think so. This is a I, bad conversation. No, I, I have to Google the map. I have to. We have to Google this. Okay. Costa Rica, where is it? Caribbean? Costa Rica, Caribbean? Let me look at it. Oh, it's just a picture of a person saying, you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look at that. Oh, it's a coconut? <laughs> All I see is a picture of a coconut. <laughs> it is on the, the Costa Rica. Is, it is in the Caribbean. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Very yeah, yeah. good. Good answer. So now everyone that's listening can stop shouting at your car. <laughs> we got it. Well, meanwhile, Twitchell still had Johnny's body to get rid of. And his first attempt went about as well as you'd expect. <laughs> See, Twitchell had bought a barrel off the internet for the express purpose of using it to burn a body. But doesn't he realize that's all paper trail? That's all an e-paper trail? I mean, he's a fucking moron. Yeah. Yeah. He's not really planned for the for any of. He's not really planned for any of the true like repercussions of his right. actions. Okay. He just thought that the whole world, that's the narcissistic slash psychopathic personality. Mm. He thought the whole world was just going to open to him and a sea of opportunity and everybody would always make sure, like he would be safe because he's special. Yeah. I see. Yeah. And he's also cosplaying. You know, like he's cosplaying as Dexter. He's living half in a movie. So he's not thinking about all of the repercussions of the paper trails and sure. all that shit. And you'll see even more examples of that later. Okay. But Twitchell figured that it might be a little suspicious to burn Johnny's body at the scene of the crime, so he put the garbage bags containing Johnny's dismembered body in the barrel, loaded the barrel up into his Pontiac Grand Am, drove over to his parents' house, and tried to burn the body in his parents' backyard. You're in Canada. It's 50% uninhabitable. It's woods. Yeah. Go to the freaking woods. woods. Go to the woods. Follow a beaver. Go to see where the beaver lives. Because beavers also don't tell your secrets. <laughs> of course, you know, if he'd done a moment's research, he'd know you can't just dump a coffee cup full of gasoline in a barrel on a body and expect it to get hot enough to burn the entire body. Mm-mm. And that's exactly what he did. And the way he described Ugh. it, too, is very like, it's like a child. It's like, and I went and I got the gasoline and I put it on his body and what do you know it it just burns some of his clothes and it's like I don't have time for this I don't have time to be doing this mm-hmm. good god yeah and he might have tried it longer than he did but after pouring coffee cup after coffee cup of gasoline onto the body Churchill started hearing sirens freaked out doused the body with a garden hose but the trucks were actually going elsewhere they weren't coming to him because there was a billow of black smoke coming off of the corpse that he was burning ugh 
But the whole thing had spooked him enough where he figured burning a dead body in a barrel in his parents' backyard probably wasn't the best idea. Yeah. No duh, you he, fucking idiot. Oh, we're going old school. No duh. Yeah. Hey, that's a yeah, good idea. No duh. That's a good idea. Not. <laughs> Not. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Fucking all. What does he think? He's all that in a bag of chips? Ah. He can go out there and he can just take care of this body and fucking his, his grandparents' house? God. So he loaded the now gas-covered body parts into his car and went home. But somehow, this whole episode had put him in the mood for love. So he called up his college girlfriend, Tracy, to see if she was down for him to come over. All of this was him playing deeper into his fantasy, though, of being a Dexter-like sexy bad boy. Yeah. That's what he feels. All of his are pieces specifically he is orchestrating in his life to be like, yeah, because that's what he says in his confession. He's like, yeah, I mean, like, wh- what else can you say about a man who happens to be a serial killer who's cheating on his wife with his college girlfriend? He thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Jesus. Yeah. But he almost didn't make it in a scene that is so Canadian, it's <laughs> almost beyond belief. See, Mark was speeding that night, and he blew right past a cop car. Ooh. Now, what's important to remember for this story was that, as we said in the first episode, Twitchell had a vanity license plate that said, Dark Jedi. <laughs> That's right. So as soon as the cop pulled over Mark, the first thing the cop said was, quote, Well, the force wasn't very strong with you tonight, now was it? What is this, dork Jedi? (laughs) Yeah, what kind of nerd world are we living in here? (laughs) So Mark gave him an excuse that he was speeding because, hey, guy, I'm a filmmaker. I got to get to the airport because I got a big celebrity coming in, and he's already mad that I'm not there yet. Of course. Oh, don't say. Oh, is that true there? Oh, (laughs) right, all right, right. You got to pick up. Can't be late to get Bill Murray. You heard he disappears in a golf cart. No, it's not not Bill Murray. It's his brother. It's his... the other Murray. Brian, Brian Doyle Murray. Brian Doyle, yes. He's Love a C-class Murray. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And it kind of sort of worked, you know, because the cop find him only half what he should have. But after coming back to the car to hand over the ticket, cop had to get in just one more crack. As soon as he got back to the car, he said, quote, Hey, uh, tell me, uh, are you Darth Vader? <laughs> <laughs> I don't like funny cop. They don't change their act. Their actions are still they're going to lock you up, but yeah. then they're being funny, and then at some point you realize they're just making fun of you. But in this case, it is worth it yeah. to watch Mark Twitchell, because you know him white-knuckled, like in the car. That's the guy be like, oh, tell me, hey, you better hurry up, because you know the rebellion might fizzle if you don't make it to Princess Leia's house on time. God damn it, I- how do I kill this cop who called me Darth Vader? Everyone knows I'm fucking Darth Maul. Hey, listen, you're threatening a police officer. You're speaking out loud. Oh. But in Canada, it's because we're nice. You can go. <laughs> yeah, and if this cop wasn't so focused on being funny, and if maybe he would have done a couple of sniff sniffs, right. he would have noticed that Mark Churchill's car still reeked. Of gasoline. Well, that's what happens in Canada when their law enforcement training is just watching police academy movies. <laughs> and the body wasn't in the car. I mean, he dropped off the body before he went over to Tracy's place. Okay. But the car was still 
full of evidence that would have directly implicated him in the in a murder. So he dropped the body back off at the garage? Yeah, at the garage. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, like, if the cop wasn't so focused on the fucking Star Wars license plate, right. they might have caught him a little bit earlier. Well, that's actually a good use of a vanity plate. Yeah. Honestly, it's actually a pretty good comment on if you want to get away with murder, you'd get yourself a jackass vanity plate and all, <laughs> everyone just roasted you for that. Yeah, all right. <laughs> But Mark made it to Tracy's just fine, and as a result, we have one of the worst written sex scenes in history. (laughs) What follows now is Mark Twitchell's actual love scene that he wrote for himself in SK Confessions, cleverly replacing the name Tracy with... I'm going to go with um, Stacy. Lacey. Lacey. That's a sexier version, though. But Stacey, if Stacey was supposed to be, like, a good girl, then I would say yes. Yes, he uses Stacey. But a Lacey. Here we go. She let me inside, dressed in her pajamas, and no sooner had I dropped my bag on the floor than we were making out intensely. We moved to her bedroom and shut the door to keep her dogs out. We kissed passionately in juicy anticipation of what was coming next. She lay on her bed and opened the pajamas to reveal a sexy set of white lingerie-style underwear. The bottoms were a thong, which always gets me insanely turned on. Her large, deep green eyes stared seductively into mine, and I couldn't resist her even if I tried. Not that I would want to try. Being with her took on the pace of quickly catching up to how we used to be. Lacey and I explored each other for a good two hours at night, trying several positions, all of them making both of us crazy. I was free to suck on various parts of her body and go down on her for as long as she could take it before needing me inside her again. The way she felt, the way she tasted... All so familiar and so amazing to have again. She came to orgasm four times before I let myself get to the same place. And when we were done, there was no describing the contentment we experienced. Okay, honestly, I've when you read Bigfoot erotica, it is more erotic than that. Man, God, he that's it disgusting. And I will say... Nothing shows a man is more truly confident than describing how good his sex is. Oh, yeah, <laughs> totally. I also can't stop hearing, like, She did have Shut two up. super yappy Shut dogs. Up, Dora. I, yeah, yeah. I don't Shut up, think... Dora! I'm trying to fuck your mother! <laughs> good God. Ugh. This whole time, while Twitchell was trying to get rid of Johnny's body and having disgusting sex with his college girlfriend, the police were refusing to file an actual missing persons report. Flat out refused. They said, as far as they were concerned, this is just a guy going through a midlife crisis, and they considered themselves lucky if they was going to Costa Rica for a nice vacation. This See? is a this is a Canadian police theme. <laughs> yes. I mean, you could say they're looking at the cup half full, or you could say they're not doing their jobs. But this is what happened with Picton and the, the whole crew. I tell you what, you came here filing a missing persons account, but uh, you know what I got to say? You're being a hater. You're hating on his lifestyle and you're hating on his freedom. You're jealous. You're a troll. Now you get out of here before I give you a ticket for being a troll, you big goon. (laughs) 
Good Lord. Yeah, it was the it was the exact same thing with Pikmin. It's like you know they probably just I don't know you know went somewhere else. Yeah, you of should probably forget about it. Oh my God. Yeah, and it wasn't until Johnny's friends broke into his apartment and found his passport still sitting there that the cops finally got off their asses and started asking around about Johnny Altinger. Okay, but the thing was. They didn't even really start with the garage, even though they knew that was the last place that he'd been. They just sent some guys over there to look through the windows. And they're like, yep, not here. I tell you what, I was going to go look in the window, but there's drapes. <laughs> yep, can't do it. This is, I mean, as far as police work goes, who these? this sounds right up there with some of the worst. It's pretty lazy. You, you got a missing persons report. You got a passport obviously proving the dude didn't friggin' leave the country. And then you got directions to his last place of where he was alive. What's lazy about that? I filled out a whole report. What I saw, I looked through the window. There I counted 97 holes in lace. <laughs> I count four, four to five vertical slats from what I could see. From the little scritcher, it's mostly what I could see through the window from my car. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> yeah, they just drove around parking lots at the airport. Even though Johnny didn't have his passport, they focused oh. on parking lots. Like Gary said, they just didn't want to get out of their car. There's... Like, oh, we drove around for a while. We didn't see nothing. But if they no, were... you believe me. We looked hard. <laughs> I opened up my window at least two times, and I said, "Johnny, <laughs> Johnny." I mean, families look for a missing dog more than this. Yeah, and if they would have gone to the garage a couple of days sooner, they would have seen Johnny's red Mazda parked inside. Because the thing was, like I said, the Mazda it was a stick. Twitchell couldn't drive standard, so he called up his goofy friend Joss and gave him a song and dance about how some guy had just come up to him on the street, told him some rich lady was mm. taking him on a nice vacation, and, hey, how'd you like to buy my car for $40? Yeah, what? that's totally reasonable, completely plaus plausible. That happens every day. That's, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. You, you know how I it's like I call you up and you're like, hey, Kissel, you know how I never owned a Mazda before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I have a Mazda. Would you want to buy it for me from forty dollars? For this guy just gave it to me on the street. Yeah, really. Well, that, that, yeah, that does happen on a regular basis. Yeah, I'll take. Give it me the money. <laughs> take the Mazda. Okay. All right. Take this Mazda. <laughs> yeah, because he was trying to get somebody to take care of the car, and that was the only thing he could figure out as to why a red Mazda suddenly showed up in his possession. There's nothing more emasculating than not knowing how to drive a stick. If you if you have to learn how to drive a stick, learn how to drive a stick. Come on. He, yeah, it's better to just confess to murdering a person <laughs> than say that you don't know how to drive a stick. And the friend who, by the way, that friend was the same one whose parents gave Twitchell $30,000 for day players, not the brightest family. This guy totally bought the story and stored the car in the driveway at his parents' house. Does Joss by any chance have braces? <laughs> I just think he might. Joss was his PA. Josh yeah. was the guy that it's not like, Josh. became it's, his... It's not Josh. It's Josh. It's Josh. Josh. It's yeah. Josh. Josh. Yes. Yes. Josh definitely is a 40-year-old person that like rides a scooter to work. <laughs> it's yeah. like a skateboard. Um, <laughs> but as is pointed out in the Devil Cinema, if Josh would if Joss would have looked a little closer, he might have noticed all the goddamn blood stains on the back bumper because Switchell didn't even bother to clean it up. Good God. Oh, somebody must have had some kind of ketchup party. <laughs> <laughs> 
The body, though, wasn't inside when Twitchell handed over the car. In the time since, Twitchell had dismembered the body even further, mm. which he disgustingly outlined in detail in SK Confessions and dumped the parts into the sewer just a couple we, blocks from his parents' house. Hold I'd it. even go through some of it, but most of it, it's just kind of long. It's but just the long way and desc- gratuitous. It's- the way he describes cutting off the knees where it's like he got the leg and he's like, it's like that's the easy part really is cutting off the hmm. lower half of the leg because you just got to get to the joint. The upper part is what's really hard because all the fat that's involved. Again, it's the way he's breaking it down in the confessions that right. are just like, he is fucking checked out. Yeah. But isn't this, this is a relatively residential area, right? For the most part, yeah. How are you just, the, the shitter is full. <laughs> like, how are you just able to dump a corpse into the sewage? It's an alleyway, people, you know? Yeah, and also people pay attention to their own business. Mm-hmm. A part of it is keeping a neighborhood where people, I mean, this is stab man if, town. If yeah. Where see, people know to not be witnesses. No, I know, but if I see someone jamming a foot into a goddamn drain pipe like it's the dude jamming a person into a wood chipper in Fargo, mm-hmm. I'm just going to, like, just dial the number for the cops. Hey, hey, there, <laughs> hey. <laughs> so by the time the police finally caught on that the guy who rented the garage where the victim was last seen just might be involved in the crime. It's actually what's so aggravating is it's such an easy investigative case. Yeah, by the time yes. they figured that out, Johnny Altinger's body was long gone. And Twitchell, he damn near got away with it, too. If not for his own hubris. Mm, I thought you were going to say pesky kids. <laughs> <laughs> he was perfectly helpful to the police. Who, You know, the police, they agreed that it was, you know, real weird that a guy should go missing in a place where all this killer stuff is. Well, the first interrogation he does with the police, it's like the the police are so bowled over that he's the filmmaker that they're asking him stuff like, Oh, so how many cameras do you have in there? And it's like he's describing his whole operation. He's bragging about day players. He's plugging day players. And they are all like, oh, okay. And then he tells them all this bullshit immediately about how, like, you know, I'm not always in my garage. Sometimes people come in out of the garage. And you're like all this, you know, the constant lies. Yeah. What? Like my brain is going to explode. What alternative universe is this man a good artist? I don't know, man. Why would anybody care what, what this guy is up to artistically? Well, to remember Threaten? Remember Threaten, the band, they lied all their way to getting a fucking article in the Rolling Stone, which we will never receive. No, yeah. I know that. We're not cool enough for the Rolling Stone, um, which no one reads anyway. No, and know. it's not called the Rolling Stone, I don't dads. even give a crap what it is. <laughs> Who gives um, a shit? No one, reads comes down to it. no one reads it. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Is that Twitchell, he planted another seed of doubt by telling the cops that when he got to the garage, wouldn't you know it, there's a different padlock on this garage now. Maybe someone else has been in there. I don't know. And then Twitchell, when he went to the station to uh, do the interview, he made sure to talk about his Star Wars fan film as much as he could, just begging anyone to acknowledge him as a filmmaker. So he wants the he wants the cops to start investing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. Literally, idea. it's him. Like he might as well have like brought in a lightsaber and then, and like watched all of them go like, oh wow, so this is legit. This is. This is set worthy. Oh, you could see all the knobs on it. This must be legit. Now, is there something to the idea? 
because this is still during a time where people thought nerds were really nice, shy, harmless people, as opposed to the power nerds that we know today. Yeah. Um, so maybe they thought because he was such a nerd, there's no way he could pull something like this off. I, Possible. I, I, I think you make a good point because, like, the detective in charge of the case, he watched the tape of that interview with Mark Twitchell and summed up the whole thing with one sentence. Does not come across as deceptive. <laughs> and this is even with the testimony of the guy that said Johnny had called him uh, after going to the garage the first time. I was like, hey, there's some guy here. This is real weird. I mean, I got to say this. I love cosplayer. I love the cosplay community. Uh, you all are wonderful people. Um, but you are all deceptive. <laughs> that's the entire point is deception. Well, I know you're not you, actually Robin from any, Batman. That is just saying... That anybody in show business is deceptive. It's more just the weird speaking. It's it's interesting because show business can have an effect on certain people. They do truly believe that if you're in show business, I think there's a little bit, especially at this time period, before a lot of the since now the veil has been quite lifted on the the background of filmmaking, right. so people know a little bit more. But I think then there are way more like. Well, he wouldn't want to jeopardize his career by murdering somebody. Like they, they view it as very important. Oh yeah. and, God! And Twitchell even gave him one more look at the garage, and they were, of course, perfectly polite about it. According to the book, when they wanted to search the garage one more time, they asked, "Quote: Can you meet us there, or or what works for you? We don't want to inconvenience you." I mean, I don't like aggressive policing. No. But then we also can't have passive aggressive policing. <laughs> because that is I the guess word. I can investigate you if you feel like it'll do anything. If you want me to come down and investigate you, I will. But you got to tell me to come down there and investigate you. <laughs> now, at first glance, you know, because that was all the cops were going to give it at the time, the garage was clean. I mean, Twitchell wasn't a pro by any stretch of the imagination, but he'd done a good enough job to fool people who were doing a half-assed job. Right. But right before the search, Twitchell, I guess trying to get ahead of the story, told a police officer that he'd bought a red Mazda from some guy for $40 earlier that week without the car even coming into the conversation once. So Never try to get ahead of the story. No. Never try to think that they... Never do this. Never Never. say anything extra to a police officer, especially if you did a crime. (laughs) Never. And the irony is... Everyone thinks that the cops know everything. Yeah. They know nothing. Yeah. Most of the time, they are totally clueless. Yeah. And with that, because the cops had spent most of their time looking for Johnny's red Mazda rather than looking at the actual murder site, the missing persons case turned into a homicide, and Mark Twitchell's life quickly fell apart. Wow. They only had to be given the case on a silver platter. And they dumped some gravy <laughs> on it, some cheese. They made, a, they made a homicide poutine. I urge you, if you want to see kind of, acting at its finest, is to watch the second police interrogation in its entirety on YouTube, which does exist. It's like an hour and 15 minutes long when they bring him back in. Because it first starts with him talking about Star Wars. Right, like, yeah. There's one version of it. How does, how does they? Bro- I haven't seen this. How do they broach the subject of Star Wars in a homicide <laughs> investigation? He starts it because yeah. I'm being like, "Well, that's because I've been so busy with my fan film." And then he describes it, and they're like, "So is Boba Fett the gay one?" And he's just like, "No, no, no, no. They don't get gay until the Last Jedi." 
Oh, my goodness. Yeah, he even told the cops that he had an email address with the name Kit Fisto in it. Uh, Kit Fisto? Kit Fisto is one of the more embarrassing prequel characters. And it was like in uh, Attack of the Clones. You know that really embarrassing scene at the end where they're all fighting in that little pit? It's and, a horrible scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the one with the, that smiles really big with the black eyes and all the tentacles coming off I of the back of his head. I can't believe he likes the prequels. Yeah, and he actually went yes. as Kit Fisto like cosplay. A fan did send me pictures of Mark Twitchell in his Bubblebee costume because they had pictures from the Howler then. And it was pretty ornate. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, the only thing Twitchell had to offer about the murders was that someone had broken into his car not too long ago, and they'd stolen a writ receipt for the garage. And that was probably the same guy who'd sold him the red Mazda for 40 bucks, and he'd probably been the one who put the new padlock on the garage. And he was probably the guy that Johnny had told Dale that he'd seen. So why don't you go look for that guy? And I also heard he had he had one arm, like a one-armed <laughs> man. And he was Asian. I think he was Asian. Oh, my God. Some kind of Asian. What's that, refer- What's that reference again? The cable guy. The cable guy. That is horrible. We've uh, done this many times. I know. No, that movie holds up, too. It's freaking weird. And admittedly, you know, the cops did try to press Twitchell, particularly this guy, uh, Detective. Detective Bill Clark, who actually has a nice little catchphrase. What's that? Holy mackerel. Holy mackerel, you wouldn't believe the kind of deception he's trying to pull above my eyes. And I say, I tell you what, you can't fool me like the rebellion did sneaking into the Death Star. (laughs) You can't do that because I got eyes on everything. Holy mackerel. All right. He came right out and said that there was absolutely no doubt in his mind that Twitchell was involved in Johnny Altinger's disappearance. Yes, it turns out he tried to defend Johnny. (laughs) And he was in the fight, and then he got overtaken by a one-armed man. In Twitchell's face, it what a fantastic acting job. It is the face of any single time you do this, when someone says, like, uh, Kissel, did you take the garbage out? And you go, what? You asked me to take the garbage out? When? Garbage? When was it? Now explain garbage. What? I don't believe that anything is trash. My thing is, yeah, if one person's trash and another person's treasure. Did so I... would I throw out treasure? Yeah. <laughs> you going to take the treasure out? But his brain, his face of him going, what, what, what? Yeah. Like, yeah, I, he's never, he's like, I feel like I'm in the twilight zone right now. This is a quote. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And if you want to hear another douchebag quote, uh, when the detective told Twitchell that he wasn't going to be able to live with himself if he didn't come clean, uh, Twitchell responded with, You'd be surprised with what I can live with. Okay. (laughs) All right. And after that statement, Twitchell lawyered up. Yep. But even though they didn't get a full confession, mm-hmm. they had enough evidence to impound Mark Twitchell's car. Okay. Which was still chock full of evidence, despite Mark knowing that the cops were on his trail. Because that's the thing. It's not like all this happened over the course of a few hours. Mark had days to get rid of his bullshit. So what do we got here? Is it about a three-week investigation from start to end? No, it's about like three or four days, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a it's a once few it got days. going, it got it he, went pretty fast. He has a ton of time to get by the time I think between the time that the cops finally started looking for Johnny and the time uh, 
things finally started going to shit for Twitchell uh, about three or four days. Okay. So, but yeah, he because had once the time. car once the car became a major center of the investigation, it was over for him. Yeah. Like right. him just mentioning the Mazda because so the Mazda stupid. was just sitting in somebody else's garage. Yeah. So it, no, no one. It didn't have to go anywhere. Yeah. The cops like, had no idea that mm. Twitchell. They didn't even ask Twitchell about. Like they may have asked, like, "Have you seen a red Mazda around here mm. somewhere?" Uh, but it, the cops weren't asking Twitchell about the red Mazda. At all. all right. They might have caught, got to it eventually, but he was the one that brought it into the conversation, and that's what made the whole thing come tumbling down. It seems like maybe he wanted to get caught, so then he could be famous for it. Maybe. I mean, maybe. it was either that, or he was lazy, or he was stupid. Because when could the, be all of the above could be, he felt that he was a genius and that he was un- unassailable. Yeah. He thought that the <laughs> cops were stupid. He thought that everybody <sighs> around him was stupid. He thought that everybody would again just assuming the red carpet would roll out for his entire existence. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, the most damning thing that they found in Mark Twitchell's car was his laptop. Because mm. at that point, Detective Clark figured that because of the whole horror movie vibe, that he was on the lookout for a snuff film. He was going extreme. He yeah. became Nicolas Cage from 8mm. <laughs> yeah, no, that would make sense, though. But what he found instead was the next best thing. When Edmonton police looked at the trash folder on Mark's laptop, they found an unfinished 35-page document called... SK Confessions. Mm. This drives me fucking <sighs> nuts. He put it. He didn't even empty it from the trash bin. You're he right. thought. He finished the whole thing. He then just put it into the trash bin. He didn't empty it. They just clicked on the trash bin. They saw SK Confessions. They opened it up. And not only does it have a complete and total description of every one of his crimes, but it also explicitly states... These are the stories I will tell the police if I'm ever caught. And does uh, the rundown of the entire bought the Mazda from a guy on the street bit? Right. It is uh, interesting that he, um, he, it seems like he did fulfill his script. Yeah, he did. Right? Oh, he did it on purpose. All of this Which was done on purpose. Which is so bizarre. They also found a bunch of yellow sticky notes stuck to the dashboard of Mark's car on which Mark had written reminders. I mean, most of them were inconsequential. There was one that said this. Ship eBay items, codpiece, helmet. Because that's how he was making part of his money is he was <laughs> making cosplay items. Right, of yeah, course. And so, okay. Yeah, totally he, just, he just shipped off a brand new Darth Vader codpiece. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But the to-do list that was embarrassing and incriminating said, quote, Kill room. Clean sweep. Ugh. Fuck Tracy senseless. <sighs> that was oh, one of his reminders God. that he wrote to himself in his you car need a that, he shared, that he shared with his wife. His wife so should have fucking this. strangled him. Think about this shit. Is that he's doing the same thing too. He loves hiding in plain sight. He thinks that he just thinks he's so much smarter and better than everybody else. He is mm-hmm. a massive, massive idiot. Yeah, and he kept the murder weapon too. He kept the combat knife, and it still had Johnny Altinger's blood on it. He just left it in a backpack in the floorboard. Wow. So, with all this evidence, a deep search was done on the garage, and they found blood everywhere when they gave it a close look, including on the bottle of the ammonia that... Twitchell had used to clean up the damn place. There you go. Yeah, he even even kept the fucking pipe. He kept the pipe. and not only he kept the pipe, he kept the pipe on a shelf. And not only did it just like not innocuously look like a lead pipe, which is why we have in this in the first place. Are you a fucking plumber? Or <laughs> right. It was matted with blood, and he had 
taped hockey tape all around the end of it so that he could grip it properly, which was also soaked in blood. And it looked like it was from Negan from Walking Dead. <laughs> Just Jeez. hanging out. But it wasn't until the DNA came back as a match to Johnny Altinger that the police were finally able to move on Mark Twitchell. And to their credit, they did it in the sweetest cruelest way possible. Mm. This is the best sting I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> they, they set up a fake Comic-Con? <laughs> right, so listen to this. See, Mark figured that since he hadn't been arrested yet, he might never be, especially if they never found the body. Because right. Twitchell figured that even if he did get arrested, he could just say that he and Johnny got into a fight and Johnny ran off. So, while living in his parents' basement because his wife had kicked him out, mm. Mark started working on his costume for the next Howler. Ooh. He went ahead with his cosplay. <laughs> now, what is this costume going to entail? Iron Man. Ooh, oh, Iron Man. What a showstopper. Nice. Then, he got some fantastic news. He got an email from a potential new investor who'd seen his Star Wars fan film, and this investor wanted to know how he could help. Yes. So, Mark, he gave him a day player's pitch. Can you imagine if it's like, you know, from a woman and then he actually did follow up and go meet up this person and it was just a dude who fucking beat him to death with a pipe? <laughs> oh. How sweet that would have been. That would be karma. So he met with some dude. His name was like Edmund Monopoly. I'm interested in investing in you. All I do is give money. Yeah. Don't look at my Subaru. I am a millionaire. <laughs> Oh, man. And in addition to that, the $35,000 check from John Pensett at Venture, Alberta, had finally arrived under the condition that it be placed in a trust and only used for filmmaking purposes. <laughs> and, and you know that he got that check and he's like, this needs to be placed in trust. I can't use this just for my bills. No way. <laughs> then the next day after he got the check, Twitchell got another email from the new investor saying the state players thing. Pure gold. Where do I wow. sign up? Wow. Let's meet this Friday. Pure gold. And Love of course, it. if you had a chance to watch this past week's last stream on the left, again, you can watch that on adultswim.com slash streams every Tuesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, it's horrible. It's awful. Yes. It is yeah. unbelievably bad. Find it on, I think you can find it on YouTube. It's on right? YouTube. Oh, yeah, my yeah, yeah. God. Yeah. And so he asked, where do I sign up? Let's meet this Friday. We so, gotta fucking crank this out this weekend. <laughs> this is the best acting comedy I have ever seen. Oh my and he's God. just there. He's got his Iron Man helmet on. He's got his tidy whities on. Dancing in his living room being like, everything's coming up, Twitchell. Yeah, oh, yeah he's yeah, got a little man. Tom Cruise, a little risky business happening. Dude, he must have thought that he Casey Anthony'd his way out of this entire thing. Oh my like, yeah, he dude. thinks he's about to skate. He's just got Rush blasting. Yeah. He doesn't care who hears. He just wants the whole world to know that he ain't he ain't slowly going towards success. He's nope. rushing towards it. He's in the fast lane. And what was more, Friday, the day of the meet, Halloween. Mark Twitchell's, yep. it's his favorite holiday. Of course. Yeah, it's his favorite holiday because it's the day he gets to wear the costume. Sure. So, man, so he is psyched that morning. He wakes up. He puts on his windbreaker. He puts his tickets to the howler in his pocket. <laughs> and he starts his brisk, happy walk to the coffee shop to meet up with this new investor. Perfect. But as soon as he reached the end of the street, a white van sped off the road and a whole host of tactical officers spilled out of the door and ordered Twitchell to the fucking ground. Beep, beep, boop, 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 boop. 
the whole thing had been a ruse. Oh. Not you, you fucking idiot. Not you, you fucking piece Honestly. of shit. That must have been so fun as a cop to just like laugh and shit, being like, how about we offer him $85,000? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great idea. I, I would love to watch a bunch of Canadian chunky please pour out of a white van. There's something very funny about that. Yeah, the whole point of it was to get Twitchell out of his uh, dad's house because they didn't want a standoff or anything like that, so they got him a, they made a fucking sting to lure him out of the house by telling them that his career was about to take off. Oh, God, you fucking assholes! Oh, this, Canadians, you go, this is passive-aggressive police work. It is passive-aggressive police work. <laughs> and so, Twitchell was finally under arrest for first-degree murder. And when the police were searching Twitchell's parents' house for further evidence, Twitchell's father reportedly turned to one of the detectives and said, quote, Officer, can I offer you some advice? Have a vasectomy. What? <laughs> Where'd that come from? He was not happy with having a son. No, oh. he's mad. Yeah, he's mad. You don't get the joke. You know, I thought he was being mean to the officer because the officer looked like a horrible or something. No, no. The no. joke was that he greatly regretted having children. I, well, I understand. <laughs> he, he got a bad egg. While while his son was under arrest for murder, he figured it was a fun time to crack a joke to one of the detectives. Hey, hey detective, he'll give you some advice. Have a vasectomy. Canadians, man. Oh my god, Canadians just never turn it off. Fucking bits. Why has everybody got a fucking bit? It's nonstop bits. That's kind of what drives us nuts every time we go because they deliver bad news, but in a joke. And it's not a joke because the reality is still bad. No, even though they had a mountain of evidence. They still didn't have the body, and Twitchell wasn't giving it up. So Detective Clark figured he'd play on Twitchell's love of movies and took him on a videotaped tour of Edmonton to try to get him to break. Honestly, the way they did treat him, they do now switch to, which I like, is they lay the pedantry deep on him. Just being like, oh, you like films? You like films? Well, we show a little film of our own. Look, you're the star of this movie. You love acting, right? And they start taking him around, and each time they'll be like, here, show us the body. If you could tell us where the body is, wouldn't that make a great movie? And then when you get out, you can make that movie. And it's true. They were, wow. like, fucking roasting him. In the car. They roasted him hard. <laughs> well, uh, here's a clip uh, from that videotape. Hey, Mark, are we beating a dead horse here, or are you going to tell us where the body is? Simple question, Mark. Can't you answer that? I think we've been pretty decent with you. You can at least give us an answer on that. Our investigation is impeccable. Our evidence, evidence is flawless. <laughs> evidence speaks for itself, as I said. Jesus, it sounds like the Hart family from wrestling having Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> and the look on his fucking, his gross little goatee. He's got pimple fucking face all fucking tiny little doggy eyes and he's just like trying to like not look at like when a dog's in trouble right. but it's trying not to look at you it's like him like looking into the corner he's like come on where's the body right. and this goes on for like two come and a half minutes jeez what did you say in your email when you sent the uh the clip to me henry is it sounds like an uh interrogation from toontown yes, <laughs> yes. it really does But you know, to, you know, Detective Clark's surprise. Twitchell didn't say a goddamn word the entire trip. Just stared out the window the entire time. Hmm. So they took him back to county and waited. 
two more years for Twitchell's trial to begin. Wow, why did it take so long? It's just, you know, it takes, takes that long. It takes, takes a while. The, the wheels of justice turn slow, my friend. I know that. Now, you'd think of someone like Mark, Mark Twitchell wouldn't do very well in jail, but apparently... He ran the goddamn place. Twitchell? Twitchell. The other inmates, they were terrified of him, just based on his reputation. He was like a cell block boogeyman to the new inmates when they come in like, oh, watch out, that's, you know, that's Mark Twitchell. No, that's the dude who dresses up like frickin' Bumblebee. (laughs) You can feel free to beat on him any day you want. But it's how true crime reporting goes, right, forever. They all emphasize the Dexter killer, the man who made a murder dungeon in order to create a sea of snuff films. They thought he was fucking Hannibal Lecter. He's the Bumblebee killer. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He's the fucking comic book boy murderer. (laughs) Yeah, the only incident in which a prisoner tried to step up to Mark Twitchell was when a guy tried to hit him with a shit bomb. Oh, what's a shit bomb? A shit bomb (laughs) is a Canadian prison prank. (laughs) Oh, a Canadian prison prank. That needs to be a show. And so I also, many bits. I watch Canadian a, prison. I watch a lot of those lockup shows, lockdown. I watch a lot of those prison documentary shows. It's brutal. They need to go to Canada just for some comic relief. Can you imagine? Yeah, they're just all in the showers, the prison showers. And it's just like, you know, it's kind of dour and kind of mean. All of a sudden, a moose comes in in a big prisoner's uniform. Okay, who led the moose in? Who oh, led the moose in here? <laughs> Am I on Canadian prison breaks? Oh, my God. <laughs> Love this show. A shit bomb is when an inmate fills a Fritos bag with shit and piss. Okay. Sets it on the floor in front of another prisoner's cell and stomps on it. Okay. Just sends shit and piss flying. It's like a shit rocket. Okay. But in this case... The prisoner stepped on the wrong side, so the shit bomb backfired and covered the prankster in shit instead. So Canadian. You know know that Twitchell took the moment to look at him being like, the force was not on your side this time. And everyone's like, whoa, he's a Jedi. He's a Jedi. Oh my God. But of course, if you're going to do the shit bomb, I'm assuming you have to have the open end facing inside the yeah. cell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't, I yeah. Still, you mess this up. But that's a- the thing. If you step on the wrong side, then it still pops out the other end. Either way, it's stupid. Uh, I don't know. You just take the shit in your hand, you throw it in his fucking face. No, that's, <laughs> that's not. That's, that's unseemly. That's not a prank, Henry. There's no art to that. No. Stop doing that. You gotta make a shit bomb. <laughs> it's, it's Canadian jail. You gotta be funny about it. <laughs> well, to make things even worse for Mark Twitchell, Gilles Tetro had also come forward after Twitchell's arrest following a press conference in which the cops displayed the shitty gold and black hockey mask that Twitchell had used during his assault on Gilles Tetro. Okay. But since Twitchell had a lot of time to fill when he was in prison waiting for his trial, he started casting his own biopic, which he unfortunately shared with the author of The Devil Cinema, meaning we know. Yes. See, there were two choices for Twitchell's lawyer. Jim Carrey, that was one choice. If you wanted to take one more stab at drama, Jim Carrey could be allowed to be a part of this project. Well, the only sure. time he was a lawyer was in Liar Liar, which was technically supposed to be funny. Yeah. 
Liar Liar is funny. It is, is it funny? funny. Okay. Yeah, Liar Liar is funny. But I haven't if he, seen it. But if Jim Carrey he wanted has to, to tell the truth. <laughs> no, I understand what the freaking. I have seen it. I know what the premise is. He, but he lawyers lie all the time, so it's really difficult. It's about because a kid. just the job of being a lawyer no, I, sometimes I, requires I you under, to bend the truth. I understand that, but no one talks about how demonic that kid is who hexed Jim Carrey. A.K.A. his dad. That was pretty but, powerful juju. But technically, that was the lesson he needed to learn all the time, that sometimes, even if your job is to lie, the truth is what you need to do, because that's what makes you live a good life. Well, sometimes you tell, tell someone the truth, and next thing you know, you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> that is the fine line. Well, if Jim Carrey wasn't free, he would also accept Hugh Laurie. Oh. But only if Hugh Laurie wanted to get out of the whole typecast in hell that he was stuck in with House. He also... Definitely is sick of all that TV money. Yeah. I know that for a fact. Oh, I know yeah. how actors work. Yeah. We get so sick of making all that money. All we could hope to do is some independent feature in the middle of Edmonton to really shake it up. Now, as far as the prosecution went, that could be handled by Casper Van Dien from Starship Troopers. You know the chisel face one? I love it. Oh, love yeah. Star- Starship Troopers, just rewatched again, totally holds up. Love that movie. One of my favorite It's movies. a wonderful, wonderful film. I love it. The other person for the prosecution, that's Natalie Dormer. Let's go from Game of Thrones. Okay, don't know her. Yeah. Cool. But the judge, that's your big name character right there. Dan Aykroyd, nothing but trouble. Come on, Dan Aykroyd, nothing <laughs> but trouble. Know, I don't know. It would be hard to step on it because Dan Aykroyd doesn't like his visions to be sullied. <laughs> Bob De Niro. Bobby De Niro. <laughs> you get Bobby Honestly? in there, you get Joey in there, you get Marty in there. That's a whole. You have them be on a jury. You have Marty. Playing the fucking bailiff. Wouldn't that be fun? I don't think De Niro makes a good judge. I think it's bad casting. Yeah, well, he's an outlaw. You can see he's him the going, one on trial. You can see him a little bit going like, eh, crime. Hmm. I mean, guilty. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> it's hard to do it. It's hard if you can't see without the face, because it's really the face of him with a big silly wig on, because this is Canada, too. So it's him going, hmm. All right. Hmm. A little bit. Talking to me? I got nipples. You can milk me? It's just him, but it's like just the joke. Ah, meet the fuckers. Yeah, meet the fuckers. Yeah, milk me? Oh, my God. Actually, men can lactate within uh, with extreme stress. Good. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, and yeah, breast yeah. Cancer It's like a skunk. Is, yeah. It's like a skunk and, and, getting away from danger. And men also can get breast cancer. So, guys, get your checkups. Thanks for bringing that up. No problem. <laughs> but when it came time to cast himself, Mark Twitchell just couldn't decide. Oh. Yeah, it's hard. But he was able to narrow it down to three. Okay, Whoa. can we guess this? I'm going to go. I, Woody Harrelson. Mm-hmm. Well, um, Woody Harrelson, Nicolas Cage, and another, what would be a great, uh, um, let's go with a um, a young, mm, let's go with a young, maybe a James Franco type. Hmm, interesting. interesting. I have it in front of me, so I know what it is. Yes, Henry knows. Okay. Guy Pierce. No, not, no. Yep, no, yes, no, no. Yes. He doesn't look anything like oh, Guy yes, Pierce. I can see it. Oh, uh, I can see it, yeah. Uh, Ryan Phillippe. Got to be. Right. I was actually thinking Ryan Phillippe, <laughs> but then it went James Franco because I couldn't think of Phillippe's name. <laughs> or, if he was lucky, Matt Damon. Got to be Matt Damon. Honestly, it's a pretty good lock if it's Matt Damon. I can it see is. him doing it. It is. Now, you know who it's going to be? The fucking fat redheaded kid from The Sandlot. <laughs> Love that kid. Love that movie. Uh, as to be expected, Twitchell's trial was just as bizarre as the murder itself. See, Twitchell had finally given up the location of Johnny Altinger's body on June 3rd, 2010, about a year and a half after he was arrested. But that's only because it was all a part of his defense. See, Twitchell fully admitted on the stand to killing Johnny Altinger. Hmm. But in Twitchell's version of the story, it wasn't his fault. Oh. Huh. 
The fault lied in a Frankenstein creation of Twitchell's own devising that had taken on a life of its own and destroyed its creator. The whole thing could be blamed on Maple. Maple? And Twitchell laid it all out on the witness stand himself during his trial. Wait, hold on. This maple is... syrup? A maple <laughs> tree? What? What is the what, maple leaf? What does that mean? It is some... Um... Canuck Horshin <laughs> that I don't want to pin on the rest of Canadians. No, no. Because I respect them and I know that they none of the rest of them would be as hack. It might as well have been called Moose. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what the hell is this thing? Well, Maple was an acronym. Oh. It stood for Multi-Angle Psychosis Layering Entertainment. This guy sounds like freaking Gary Busey. <laughs> yes. False expectations appearing real. Fear. Fear. I, I honestly very inspiring, Extre- inspiring, extremely inspiring. Yes. Love the abuse. Now Maple was Twitchell's genius PR plan that was going to catapult him to the top because Twitchell was planning to apply Maple to House of Cards. See, his plan was to take it beyond just a short film. He was going to turn House of Cards into a feature, a novel, and an online marketing campaign, which was yet another ripoff taken from the Blair Witch Project campaign that was done back in the 90s. Okay. Which was sweet. Which was great. I fucking loved it, man. The, the original Blair Witch? Well, the campaign. Yeah. Oh, was, my God. It was yeah, incredible. Yeah, yeah. It was so fucking cool. The movie, I I never saw it. <laughs> I, I saw That's the movie. I just never saw the... I, I was like watching. I was like, where is it scary? Yeah. But anyway. Interesting. It was just you should see it now because you probably find it scary now. Okay. See, just like the Blair Witch, the plan was to create an actual urban legend where nobody knew whether the whole thing was fake or real. Because remember, that was the whole thing with Blair Witch. Right. Because they marketed it as like, maybe it's real, maybe it's not. Exactly. And Twitchell was going to do this by luring men to his garage. So when the movie came out, guys would go online and say, whoa, this actually happened to me. Now, at first, does he understand that they still cast Blair Witch and there was an audition process? There was a lot of shit that happened. It's all the maple system and it works. It's really weird how he just didn't understand key components of how things get created. Well, this is just his excuse to try to get out of murder. Okay. Yeah, he's just trying to figure out a way to scramble it and and not... confess the fact that he was such an entire dumb shit that right. he wrote every fucking single thing that he did in a document that he didn't even properly delete it just <laughs> seems to me like someone who's like i'm starting a podcast and then they have two empty pee cans <laughs> you're talking about just- somebody who's truly very insane yeah right. that's where we're at okay now, first, Twitchell said that he planned to just talk to these quote-unquote recruits when they showed up and convince them to play a part in the story. But then he decided to actually scare them. Oh, God. And, of course, it got out of hand. He said the whole thing with Jill, who by that time, Jill had already testified. That whole thing is just a goof. That was a goof? It was a goof. It was a goof. It was a you beat, you, was a you tased a man until it, he couldn't walk? It's it a goof? Just, it's just supposed to scare him, not actually kill it's him. Fucking- Jill just totally overreacted. I think he underreacted, actually. He reacted, man. He just, oh, you know, he's just acting like a, like a baby. You know what I mean? <laughs> this was a spinoff from Canadian Prison Pranks. It was supposed to be Canadian Garage Pranks. Oh, and it was a, it was a pilot. <laughs> as far as SK Confessions went, that was the novel part of Maple. That wasn't Confessions. That was the novel. Mm. That was a novel. He was writing a novel. Did he know that the 38 pages isn't enough for a novel? <laughs> It's not even enough for a novella. I believe it has to be 75 pages to be a novella. <laughs> then there was the matter of Johnny Altinger's dead body, which Twitchell had, of course, led the police to. Twitchell explained that away. It's just self-defense. He did oh, yeah. kill him. 
but it was Johnny's fault. If I know one thing, it's always the fault of the person who ends up in a body bag. <laughs> or in this case, a garbage bag. Yeah. He said that he'd learned his lesson from Gilles, so when Johnny showed up, Twitchell said he was totally upfront about being a filmmaker. And he then, was, yeah. to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> and he tried to convince Johnny to play along with his little game. He's like, I'm sorry that I tricked you with no, the no, profile. No, right, Marcus. I'm sorry I tricked you no, with I'm the profile. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Excuse me, I'm sorry I tricked you with the profile, but... You know, I, I got this whole little thing going. Maybe you want to be a part of it. Okay. But according to Twitchell, Johnny, who in real life was the gentlest, kindest guy around, oh. suddenly got angry, kicked him, and grabbed the pipe and went berserk. And that's when Twitchell said he grabbed the knife and killed him. It's like he did Bullshit. it to himself. Yeah. About that stabbing, Mark Twitchell actually said on the witness stand as he was telling the story, he actually said this, quote, Sickest feeling ever oh i want to grab him you remember when jason picks up the guy in the sleeping bag and just hits him <laughs> i think it's a woman actually yeah, a woman yeah yeah just uh, hits her against the tree over again and, again. and over and over i just want to do that to him i think it's very interesting that anybody views killing and dismembering somebody as like hashtag adulting right. that's what this feels like <laughs> then he said he freaked out dismembered the body and dumped it in the sewer but after hearing SK confessions and seeing the mountain of evidence against Twitchell, it took five hours total, which included time off for lunch. I was going to say, they, <laughs> yes. they probably just break for lunch, right? Yes. Included time certain. off for lunch. Well, you know, if we make our decision now, we're not going to get lunch in. Uh, today, it's the ham and cheese sandwiches. <laughs> oh, we got we, it. Down we like those, right, guys? Because the thing is, if you don't get in the first 15 minutes, the ham starts to cool. Ooh, yeah, the cheese know. starts to cool. Right. And I like it to be gooey. So yeah. I say give him the chair. So... <laughs> yeah, Mark Twitchell was found guilty after five hours of deliberation. Woo! For the crime of first-degree murder, Mark Twitchell, forever a failure, received the maximum sentence of 20 years to life and is up for parole in 2033. Or, as the line from the very first episode of Dexter goes, and this is true, this is a real line from the first episode of Dexter... There's one less amateur filmmaker polluting the internet. <laughs> I love it. Well, you know, it would take some massive reform for him to be ready by 2033. Oh, no. he's Ma- not, I, I, Well, he might get I mean, he's a model prisoner. Uh, I know that he has gotten on some dating sites. Yeah. Yeah, okay. he, he, has, he has gotten some dating sites. And uh, Gilles Tetreau, he got back on Plenty of Fish. <sighs> got you, man. Get you back on that bike, man. I, I know, but there's other things out there. Yeah, but Again, he, like a, a deli or a bar. Yeah, he got back on. He said, you got, he said I'm not going to let it ruin. He's like, it's not Plenty of Fish's fault. It's Mark Twitchell's fault. And I got to say, I, get, I give it to the guy for not letting fear ruin his life. Well, it's kind of life. Plenty of Fish's fault for allowing someone to go and create a fake profile with just one picture with no background check if that's actually the person. Uh, no one ever does that. No, no, no one ever does that. Doesn't have to Kissel, be some not background? anymore. No, no, you have to put I your think... phone number in. Don't you have to give like a social security number or something? No, no. The way it normally works, you're going to be verified. They use Facebook to verify you. But what if your Facebook account's also fake? Yeah. So they do that shit. No one is anybody. No one is ever actually who they say they are. Even if you meet them and they look like that person, they still <laughs> they still are lying to you in, in, in one way, shape, or form. It takes years to truly understand what kind of flawed person you're dealing with. Yes. Uh, Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, there it is. Two parts on Mark Twitchell. This story 
it, it's far. We got one murder. Mm-hmm. We got one attempted murder. But for some reason, this story is extremely compelling. Yeah. And he's a fascinating guy to break down psychologically because I'm just going to say this. He's cuckoo bananas. Yeah. I think that he is, yeah, cuckoo bananas. I think that he could have used some time in film school or sure. doing having a real job. But, you know, he didn't think he had to go to film school because he already had it all figured out. Mm -hmm. Well, what's interesting about this story is that this is a serial killer who got caught on the first murder. Very Uh, lucky. Yeah, very, very lucky that Mark Twitchell would have killed more. He had two more planned. He was going to kill his old boss, Uh, and he was going to kill Tracy's ex-boyfriend. And he was probably, I'm sure he would have killed his wife at some point, his parent, God knows who. what happened? Well, what I imagine what happened is eventually all of these things would really start building up. He was an asshole, didn't know how to tell a story, didn't know how to cover his tracks. Eventually, his wife was going to find some evidence, and then she would need to go. And then he, I, he loved his daughter, but also the way he viewed his daughter, he viewed her as an accessory. Yeah, I don't he would think... talk about how great it was to take her out because chicks would talk to him because yeah. he had his daughter. He viewed the daughter as an extension of himself, and she, he didn't see her as an autonomous being. No. If, I don't think he did love his daughter. You don't tell your daughter about a murder no. at seven months or 17 or seven years old. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, this guy's yes. got the same psychology as a lot of the other guys that we cover. It just so happens that we caught him on the first try and he was stupid enough to write everything down. Brilliant. Um, all right, everyone. That's Th- why I want to say there's no reason to document everything. No. You know what no. I mean? Sometimes, you know what's good sometimes? Memories. <laughs> memories. <laughs> memories. We, that is funny you say that when we do our live shows, which, by the way, check out our live show, www.lastpodcastlive.com. Uh, uh, check it on out. Um, and I thank you all so much for buying that. Yeah, and, thank and, you so much. It'll be out all year. Um, so continue. Please, God, buy it. Please, God. <laughs> Kissel, um, don't cry for it. Don't cry this. We, we're okay. Say. We're okay, Kissel. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Do we have anything to announce? Do we have anything to talk about? No, dude. I think we're good. Yeah. Yeah, we got- We to, got we'll, shit coming up. Yep. We got, you know, please, if you want to give it to our Patreon, patreon.com slash last podcast on the left. It's fun. It's fun to support. Yep. And we you get fun things for it. And if you want to follow anything on Twitter to just get the ups, just get the shows, Last Podcast Network, Last Pod Network on Twitter, and I believe that's the same on Instagram. Yeah, if you want to find yeah. out what's going on the Last Podcast Network each and every day, just go follow us at Last Pod Network on Twitter and Instagram, and you'll get a notification when we got a new episode out because we got a whole shitload of shows over there. Yeah, uh, a lot of shows that Ben is also on, a lot of shows that I'm also on. Yep, uh, Henry's guested on a lot of shows over there as well. And we got a, a nice uh, stable of uh, extremely talented people out there that totally. are putting out some really cool shit. So, and yeah, go check us out at uh, lastpodcastnetwork.com and uh, follow us at Last Pod Network yes. on all the social media stuff. And we're going to start putting ads out for the other shows, so you'll probably hear an ad. And if you hear an ad about a show that sounds interesting, please check it out and mm-hmm. subscribe and support because we're trying to get the whole network together to be one solid unit. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the goal for this year. So We have a lot of cool announcements this year. We're going to have a lot of, like I think, fucking kick-ass content coming yep. out. A part of it is, remember, this is, it's all just us. It's DIY operation. It's completely independent, and we're going to keep doing that. No lords, no fucking masters for this group, nope. as far as I'm concerned. They try to even fucking, I don't want a goddamn boss. That's I don't right. even want me as a boss. I just fired me. Henry, <laughs> you're fucking free for the day. And thanks, Henry. We're like AEW, the new wrestling promotion coming out. They're going to have shows on Tuesday. Nice. Or New Japan Pro Wrestling, which is a little bit corporate in its own right. But we're, we're not the WWE over here because we give you content that you want. Nope, we're totally in the shove things down your throat. And we're also going to 
to be uh, doing an event with another totally independent operation uh, next Thursday. Me and Ben yeah. on uh, January seventeenth, we're going to be at Forbidden Planet uh, in Manhattan, uh, appearing with uh, some people from Fangoria for yep. the uh, second issue of uh, Fangoria. We got a uh, a little interview in Fangoria this month. Awesome. So me and Ben are going to be uh, hanging out at Forbidden Planet. I think six from to eight. Six to eight. Six on, to eight. We'll on be, January seventeenth, we'll be giving you our Jan- John Hancock's. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very, really, cool. really wish I could fucking be there. I'm very sad to miss that. Yeah. Yes, no, we'll have a little cardboard cutout of you or something, and then... Make it like a bunch of melons so people can feel on it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everyone, thank you all so much for listening. Hail yourselves! Hail Satan. Enjoy this good, goofy feeling, because next week it's going to get pretty fucking dark. Yeah. 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 We're yeah. getting... 2019... It's going to start off with a hoot and a holler. <laughs> Uh-oh. Hail Gene, everyone. Hail me! Magoostalations. Can it be Halloween yet? I wish. I just want October to be here. Yeah, it's a long ways away. Mm. Hi, guys. It's Carolina Hidalgo from Last Podcast Network. I co-host a weekly podcast called Movie Sign with the Mads with Frank Conniff and Trace Bellew, the original mad scientist from the hit cult TV show, Mystery Science Theater 3000. That's right. TV's Frank and Dr. Clayton Forrester, along with myself, spend each week discussing and thoroughly dissecting a movie we've recently seen. The premise of our show is very complicated. I hope you can pay attention. We come in once a week and talk about a movie. Okay, I hope you could keep up with that. Past episodes included classics like Taxi Driver, The Godfather, and Sunset Boulevard to our live show recordings of The Shining, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, and Close Encounters of the Third Kind, to newer releases like The Shape of Water, Hereditary, Get Out, and Mandy. Some we like, some we don't. We agree, we disagree. But in the end, it's all about movies and you, the viewer, and your suggestions. The viewer, no, it doesn't come through that way. It's on the radio. It's on a podcast. A podcast, and it's free. There's no real continuity between the episodes, so click on the movie episode you'd like to hear about. Check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you can find podcasts, or just look for us on lastpodcastnetwork.com under shows. Thanks, everyone, and enjoy the show.